now and begin to praise the Lord and glorify him and claim your victory in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! There's a lot of forces trying to push us down, but there's one grand, glorious hand that's pushing us up rather than pushing us down, pulling us down. Where the enemy wants to pull you down, the Lord is is lifting you up. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We'll sing a little bit more. This is how I fight my This is how I fight my battles. 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 Hold on for a moment. We're going to sing that some more. What's your battle you're going through? Some folks are dealing with worry. Some folks are dealing with fear. Some folks are, are, are down on themselves and feel like they're just not anything in life, that their self-esteem is, has been brought down. But I want you to know this is how we fight our battles. Our sufficiency is in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in ourselves and it never was in ourselves. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Yes. So you got Jesus in you and the Lord in you. It's never been about you. It's always been about him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how many here have some battles going on? Just lift your hand. Maybe go through something. Okay. Now, okay. Notice I said one hand. I want us to sing this, and in turn, I want you to lift both of your hands. When you sing this, signify, I give you everything, Lord, and I believe in you. Here's, here's my problem with the one hand, and Lord, the other hand recognizes that you're the answer. You're the answer. Go ahead and sing this how I fight my battles. This is 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 how I just about to overcome. This is how I fight my battles. 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 Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Jesus, Jesus! Hallelujah! Fight my battles. This is how I 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 fight my battles. Jesus! Hallelujah! and praise Him and glorify His holy name. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 
Aleluya. There are many battles that have been recorded in history. That at the beginning of the battle, it looked like right. the side we were rooting for was going to lose. But then suddenly there is a turnaround. Yeah. And in the turnaround, they end up routing the enemy. They end up defeating the enemy. Yes. There's been many battles like that where that the one was losing at first seemingly ends up being the victor. Jesus died on the cross and when he was on the cross it probably looked pretty bleak to those who loved him and saw him hang on the cross and heard him teach and share the fact that he was the son of God. Why even his own disciples had lost heart of what really was going on. They had lost the true message. But on the third day the devil thought that he had Jesus whipped on Friday, but Sunday eventually came. Yeah. The third day came and he rose up out of that grave yes. victorious. Hallelujah. 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 Now let me tell you, that's sort of an analogy of what God will do in your life. You may be failing and making terrible mistakes, but then there is the cross of Jesus and you can turn to him and at the cross you'll find the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ then what happens is that your failure eventually is turned over to resurrection victory praise God hallelujah amen and hallelujah. through resurrection power we are made a new creature in Christ old things passed away behold all things are made new all things praise he is holy name hallelujah hallelujah i wasn't going to preach tonight and i always it bothers me when someone makes a humongous in introduction before i get up to preach <laughs> so i'm not going to do that i'm not going to preach before the preaching comes because i believe god has given our messenger a word at this time perhaps if the teens would like to go back to the group next door in the fellowship hall Am I sounding all right? I feel like I'm not coming out real good. I, maybe it's my ears, my uh, receivers. I thought maybe I sound like a little different, a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. That can't happen, you know. Would you raise the lights, John? Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. It is a great honor and joy to have our speaker here tonight. None of us, none of us would say that this individual doesn't have a lot to say. This individual is greatly anointed of God. I appreciate Cindy Bowen for the ministry she does at the church, prayer ministry. I appreciate that she's helped fill in at times and maybe more in the future of filling a pulpit of one of our local churches. Uh, while a pastor is going through a procedure of bypass surgery. So I appreciate her so much being willing to be on call. She's an accomplished writer, chicken soup for the soul. She, the Christmas, uh, Christmas edition, wrote a wonderful story in there. And if you haven't read it, be sure and get the book. And be sure and tell the publisher I'm buying this on behalf of Cindy Bowen's story get the word out but she's a great writer we've read her blogs 
no sharings on Facebook dealing with prayer and worship and and God and the Lord and his and his power and his majesty we appreciate her so very much and I know God has given her a great word for this evening and this time would you just give a round of applause appreciation to Cindy Bowen because I'm still out there charting or I'm out there making calls that I need to make for my patients. And sometimes I get in this room and I have the weight of that day on me and it's pressing me down and it's hard to press through. But I walk through the door and I start lifting up the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit starts blowing on my face like a wind. And, And you know what? I'm glad I came. I'm glad I came. You know, sometimes we have to press past our flesh. Sometimes we have to press past what's convenient and what's comfortable if we're going to have what's God's best in our lives. Uh, You know, uh, we were singing the song, Fight My Battles. This is how I fight my battles. You know, I've had some battles in my life, and I learned how to fight them. I learned to dance even if the dust was coming up around my feet. It was so dry. I learned to worship even if there was nobody else going to do it with me. I learned to put my face on, in the, on the ground in front of him and worship even if I do it alone because he never fails to come. He never fails to come. He's a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want, to be, I want to be honest with you folks. I had a lovely little message planned about the power of hope. And I worked on it all Saturday and Sunday after church. And it was lovely. But this morning, I got my Bible out. And as I was sitting down in my devotion time, and I just happened to come to every place I turned in the Bible. That's my favorite place. Every place I turn, because I read several places in a day. And I got to the first place, and I'm like, oh, that's my favorite. And I got to the second, oh, that's my favorite. So so tonight, instead, we're going to be talking about one of my favorites. And I'm a little out of my comfort zone. Because I'll tell you what, I hear the little preacher in my head, and I write down what she says. I type it out, what she says. She talks with a a funny Kentucky accent sometimes. uh, But that little preacher tells me what to say. And and I didn't have time for her to tell me today. We we just, we got handwritten notes. I don't know if I can even read them. So you you can pray for me. (laughs) I was praying this morning. And I came to the book of Exodus chapter 24. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. And I want to give you the context of these verses that we're going to look at. The context of Exodus 24 starts back at the beginning of Exodus when God says to Moses, God appears to Moses in a burning bush on the mountain. And he says, Moses, come here. I want to send you to Egypt because I have a message for Pharaoh. I've heard the the cries of the people of Israel, and I'm here to set them free. I'm going to send you. And now he had to talk Moses into that. He had to talk Moses into going. Uh, but he told him up front, Moses, don't worry about it. He's, he's going to tell you no. 
you're not going to be successful. You're going to go in, and Pharaoh is not going to listen to you over and over. But don't worry, because I have a plan, and I'm going to demonstrate my power uh, in, the, in the land of Egypt. Uh, and this is the sign I'm going to give you, Moses, that when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me here on this mountain. God makes an appointment with a man on a mountain. He says, this is how you know what's going to happen. You're going to come back here and worship me. You're going to come and worship me. So Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh. And it's just like God said. They walk in. Uh, Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, well, who's this God? Why should I listen to him? I'm not going to let your people go. And if you read in the narrative, you will realize something that God is playing both sides of the field. That God's over here saying, Moses, you go say, I'm saying let my people go. And then he's going over here on the other side of the field and he's saying, Pharaoh, I'm hardening your heart. Moses, go back and tell him again, let my people go. Pharaoh, I'm hardening your heart. So God is playing both sides of the field. And Pharaoh can't see it. And, and Moses can't see it, but God is doing something. Because, you see, it gets, when, when it's darkest, the light shines the brightest. When things are hardest, the, it's more glorious when, you're, when the deliverance comes. God has a plan. Uh, God's playing to the side of the fence. And he would harden Pharaoh's heart because he didn't want to bring a bunch of slaves out into the wilderness. He didn't want to give a new promised land to a bunch of slaves. He wants to transform them in their thinking. He wants to prove to them who he is. He's going to show them that they're worth something. But he has to do it by convincing them. He didn't want them thinking, I'm, a bunch of, I'm a, just a bunch of slaves out here in the wilderness because Egypt was nice to me. No, their, their, their faith is going to let rest in God. So God wanted to bring the people out of bondage forever completely break Egypt's hold on them. Uh, they, he wanted to bring them out full with the wealth of Egypt in their sacks as they came out. He wanted to bring them out into freedom. Not as a bunch of slaves, but as a nation of people that would serve him, who understood who he, would, who he was, who would be like priests and kings to the other nations of the earth. Uh, and Moses goes in and says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. So God does the wonder turning the, the water into blood. And Pharaoh says, well, that's, that's pretty cool, but no. Then he had frogs in the land, and I have to tell you, I'm terrified of frogs. I told you they were a plague. I am afraid of frogs. <laughs> I blame Cassie. He put frogs in all of the land. And, and Pharaoh said, well, this is, this is terrible. Okay, well, maybe you can go worship. I, I think we can do this. And when the frogs are gone, Pharaoh says, no, change my mind. I don't think so. God sent lies. He sent flies. He's, the livestock started dying off. Uh, men got boils on them. Uh, hell and fire fell from heaven. Locusts ate the land. Darkness was in the land for three days. And during this time, Pharaoh's trying to strike a deal. He says, well, I guess if, if it's just the men, you can go. Go your three days. Just, just the men. Everybody else, your kids stay here. Your wives stay here. Your future can't go with you when you worship. You, you, they have to stay in the land. They have to stay in bondage. No, no, we can't do that, Pharaoh. We, everybody's got to go. Well, uh, a little while later, he, he, he tries to bring another modification. Well, you can go, but 
You better leave your livestock. Just don't take your wealth with you. You can go, bunch of slaves in the wilderness, just don't take anything important with you. You see, the enemy always says, it's okay for you to worship as long as it doesn't affect the future, as long as you don't have your kids in a church service, as long as you're not planning for what's coming ahead, you can worship. The devil don't mind. If you're just coming in here and being emotional, well, he doesn't mind that. But do you know when we come in here and we start singing and we start singing in front of our babies, this is how I fight my battles, that we are teaching the future generation, this is how you accomplish something in the kingdom of heaven. We are taking our kids into the future. In, In Exodus 11 and 1, God says to Moses, Yet will I bring one more plague. Yet will I bring one more plague. And after that, Pharaoh will let you go. Yet I will bring one more. As long as you are not completely free, you have to understand that God is going to bring yet one more thing to get you free. You know what? There's a lot of people in church houses today who come in and they've got their witness wear, but they can't control their mouth so they can't be a witness. There's a lot of people in the church and they come and they sing the song and they're having a good time. Uh, uh, But when they go outside, they've got that little habit they can't let go of. You see, God is going to keep hitting the enemy until you are free. God's not going to leave any bit of you in captivity. God is on his heart. He is going to set you free. You know, God is not going to be satisfied. His love cannot be satisfied when less than your freedom Less than your blessing. Less than you conform to the image of Christ. So the death angel walks through Egypt. He walks through Egypt and every house that doesn't have the blood of a lamb over the door, he goes in and he takes the firstborn. Everywhere in Egypt that there wasn't some blood on a doorpost, there was somebody dead in the bed. Everywhere. And when that happens... Pharaoh says, get out. I don't want you in my land anymore. Get out and pray for me. He says that. He says, pray for and pray for me. So out they go from Egypt. And of course, Pharaoh changes his mind and chases them to the Red Sea. And of course, what's God going to do but split it? <laughs> what's God going to do but say, here, walk on dry land. Go ahead. And, and Pharaoh's armies are destroyed in the process. And they come out on the other side. Israel comes out on the other side and they dance. And they sing and they play their tambourines and they have a party. And two or three days later, they're complaining. They're complaining because, you know, that food was awful good back there in Egypt. And, you know, there was plenty of water. We could go to the well and get water if we wanted it. So instead of praying, they complain. And God, gracious and wonderful God that He is, gives them manna from heaven, gives them water from rocks. I'm sorry, I told you I couldn't read my notes. <laughs> oh, so finally, the people make it to Sinai, the mountain of God. This is that mountain that Moses saw God in a burning bush. They, the, they make it to Sinai, and they look up at it. They're there. Moses knows what this point is. Moses knows he had an appointment. He is at Sinai. And, and he tells the people, you get yourself ready because in three days God's going to be here in three days God's going to come to the mountain in three days you've got three days get yourself clean 
So the first day goes by, the second day goes by, and the third day goes by, and there's thunder, and there's lightning, and there's a fire on top of the mountain because God stepped onto it because there's glory shooting out of that mountain. It's like a smoke of a furnace. God is on the mountain. God is on Sinai. He's on the mountain. And the people say, Moses, we're terrified. You talk to God. We'll listen to you. You talk to God. We're going to die if we listen to him. And, and I want to, you to keep that thought in your mind. That they're sitting at the base of Sinai when this, when this part that we're about to go to happens. They're sitting at the base of Sinai. And it's smoking like a furnace. And there's thunder and lightnings and the sound of a trumpet on Sinai. And the people are at the bottom. And that gets us to where I was reading this morning in Exodus chapter 24. And I'm going to be in the Amplified Bible when I read to you. God said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, that's Aaron's sons, and 70 of Israel's elders and worship at a distance. Moses alone shall come near the Lord. The others shall not come near, and neither shall the people come up with him. And Moses came and told all the people what the Lord had said, the ordinances, and all the people answered with one voice, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Now, I want you to think about that. God says, come up the mountain. Moses, you come up the mountain. Oh, and bring Aaron, you're the high priest. Go ahead and bring him. Oh, and his sons, those priests, you bring them. And You know, there's some more room at the table. I have a few more seats. Why don't you go ahead and bring 70 more people? 70 men come up the mountain that's smoking uh, to come to this meeting place with God. And in verse 4, I'm not going to read all the way through that because I don't want to read the whole chapter to you. But in, uh, starting in chapter 4, uh, Moses, I mean, I apologize. Verse 4, Moses builds an altar and he sets up 12, 12 pillars as a memorial to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he, he has young men who, who make a sacrifice of an oxen uh, and he takes the blood of that thing. And he starts pouring the blood of that sacrificial ox. He takes the blood and he sprinkles it on that altar. And then he takes the blood and he sprinkles it on the people. Now did you catch it? There's blood on an altar and there's blood on the people. And I want to remind you tonight, there's blood on an altar in heaven. And there's blood on you tonight. When God looks at the altar, he saw the people. And when, he, and when he looks at the people, he thought of the altar. When God looks over at Jesus, the lamb sacrificed for you, he looks at you and he sees the blood. He looks at you. You are identified with the altar. You are identified with the sacrifice. You know, Jesus brought your freedom. Jesus brought your salvation. But Jesus brought your favor. There's blood on you. God can't help but bless you. God looks at you and he wants to bless you. There's blood on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs> Excuse me. Then the moment arrives. Down in verse 9. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu... And 70 of the elders of Israel went up the mountainside. 
and they saw the God of Israel. That is a convincing manifestation of his presence. Remember God said, you can't look at me and live? They saw something. They saw God. And under his feet, it was like a pavement, a sapphire stone, a bright sapphire stone, like the very heavens in clearness. And upon the nobles of the Israelites, he laid not his hand to conceal himself from them, to rebuke them for their daring or to harm them. But they saw the manifest presence of God and ate, and they drank. Seventy men come up to the presence of a holy God and sit down and have a dinner party. Man eats in the presence of God right there. And what would we do for a revelation like that? Haven't you ever read that before and think, man, I'd like to stand in that cleft where Moses was and <laughs> let God walk by and preach. Wouldn't you like to have been there in that moment when the rocks started splitting because God was walking by? I, I've always wanted to that moment. Lord, I want that revelation. Here these men have this revelation. And you know what it does? It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything for them. <clears throat> these men come down the mountain. They have eaten in the presence of God. They should have been transformed. They should have been changed. Something should have been different in these men's heart. But they've eaten in the presence of God. And they come down the mountain. And when they do, less than 40, about 40 days after that, they're in with Aaron, make, giving him earrings to make a golden calf. They saw the presence of God. Why weren't they transformed? Why weren't they changed? They, they went to the event of God's presence. And I thought about that today. And I prayed about that today. Lord, what happened in these men's heart? What didn't happen in their heart? When, when Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days and, and the people started getting restless and they started saying, make us a God. Where were these 70 men? Where were the priests? Why weren't they out there saying, no, you don't understand. I've seen him and he's beautiful. You don't understand. I've seen him and he's glorious. You don't understand. I've seen his glory. You can't do that. We can't offend him. We've got to protect the presence of God in our midst. But they weren't doing that. They weren't doing that. Now, I told you I couldn't read my writing. <laughs> they said, the people said, Moses is taking too long. We're tired of waiting. Let's just go back to what we're used to. Make ourselves a God instead of going the distance. Skip the process. The process is too hard. I want what God wants for me, but I want it my way. I don't want to wait for him. This doesn't feel good. It's too hard. They have a measure of freedom. God wants to give them more than a measure. God wants to turn them from slaves into priests, from a, from a, a ragtag group of people to a nation, a holy nation. But they don't want to wait out the process. Uh, can I tell you, if God's going to do something in our lives, we're not going to be able to skip the process. Because you know what? We might get the outcome. We might, we might get a, a, a microphone or a platform. But you know what? We can't keep it. We can't keep it. It won't be ours. We, we can't keep it because we shortcutted this process. We have to go through the process God has for us. You know what? In these days, we can't afford to shortcut it. Uh, because the world is watching. They need a church that's real. They need something real. Israel, Israel says, Aaron, make us a God. So he puts their earrings into the gold, makes them a golden calf. And the 70 elders, it doesn't say they said anything. You know what? God's still on the mountain. It still looks like a furnace. 
There's still thunder and lightning. Moses is up there in the glory. And, and you know what they're doing? They're having a party with the golden calf. The revelation of God was not transformative for these men because they saw God, but they didn't have a relationship with him. It didn't change them because it was an event to them. Instead of an event, they needed a relationship. They were scrolling to the next thing. Oh, we've been to that God dinner party. That was good. Don't you remember that? I got a picture of it. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. And they scroll on for the next new thing. It didn't change who they were. If they had been changed by the revelation, they would have done anything to have stopped the golden calf from happening. But Moses, Moses was transformed. The difference between them and Moses was a relationship with God. That was the difference. Revelation without relationship is only an experience. The revelation was supposed to keep them steady for that almost two months that Moses was up there, a month and a half Moses was up there. That was supposed to keep them steady. But without being cultivated in a relationship with God, it was just a dinner party. That did not affect their next season. They blew it in the next season. If God gives you a revelation of who he is, it is meant to empower your next season. It's supposed to tell you who God is for you in the season that's coming. Uh, revelation is for the season you're coming to. Revelation without relationship is an experience. Revelation... Uh, cultivating in relationship will be transformative in your life consider the bible who got a revelation of god noah noah gets a revelation of god who's grieving over having to bring judgment onto a sinful world and you know what that revelation of god's grief did to moses i mean to noah it put a hammer in his hand for over 100 years so he's hammering and god's hearing faith because someone is believing him and the world's being condemned by his faith his revelation changed his life, changed his season, saved his family. Abraham had a revelation of God as his friend. And what that re revelation did when cultivated in relationship, it made him put his shoes on. When everybody else was retiring, old Abraham was saddling up the, the donkeys and, and the camels because he had somewhere to go. He had a city out there. He had an inheritance. And he, he didn't know where it was. He didn't know what the city looked like, but God had promised. So he... Uh, started walking because God was going to do it. It was revelation culted in relationship with God. Jacob had a revelation of God as the one who was giving him an inheritance and was going to, to had chosen him. And when he's wrestling with God on the ground, trying to hold on to God, God transforms him because he's got a revelation and has traveled over into relationship. And as he wrestles with Jacob, God wins and Jacob wins. Uh, if, God, if God had won but Jacob had lost, he'd have been toast. God wrestling with a man? Are you kidding me? No, but, but because God wins, Jacob wins. And Jacob's identity is changed because his revelation of God cultivated in relationship. Amen. Moses saw God in the burning bush. The bush wasn't consumed, but the man's heart was. Yeah. So Moses became a man with a consumed heart. Revelation cultivated in relationship transformed him. How about Samuel getting a revelation that God speaks and then becomes the prophet who's the mouthpiece for God for the nation? How about Gideon who gets a revelation that God was his peace? So uh, when he was asked to go on the front lines, he could go do that because God was with him. How about David who gets a revelation of God as a shepherd? And God cared for him like he cared for his flocks. So he became fearless. 
If God's taking care of me, what can hurt me? He can go out on the field with the, with the, with the giants. He can go ahead and, and face enemy kingdoms because God's with him. He's fearless. Isaiah saw God high and lifted up and empowered him to prophesy even though it cost him his life eventually. He got to prophesy and we got the most intimate glimpses of the heart of God and the cross of Jesus because Isaiah had a revelation of God that was cultivated in relationship. Revelation of God without relationship cannot change you. Now let me just ask you, if a good conference or a firebrand preacher come in, coming into the church was enough to do it without the relationship, wouldn't we have been made this heaven on earth by now? Wouldn't we have just already done it? I have been to conferences, prayer conferences all over this state. And let me tell you, I have enough oil on my head, I could have made fries with it. That much. And you know what I came home to? I came home to little old me going into her bedroom and praying the same old way. The event doesn't change us. It has to be a revelation of God cultivated in a relationship that changes us. Now... Permit me to just give you a little bit about my relation, my revelation of God uh, over over time. There was a time I was going through a divorce, very very hard. Had my boys, didn't know what I was going to do, but you know what? I got a revelation of God that He is Jehovah Ishi, God my husband, and He was going to take care of me no matter what. And you know what? It made me fearless that I could take care of these sons because God was walking with me. He's God my husband. He's my bridegroom God. He's the one who loves me passionately with this divine, holy jealousy. He loves me. When I was in that accident, and that's about the time I came here, lost my job, lost my income with three bo- two boys to feed. Might have well been three, four. (laughs) But I got a revelation of Psalms 23 that I had Jehovah Roha, God, my shepherd, and he was going to protect me and he was going to take care of me and I wasn't going to like anything because he was my shepherd. And you know what? I didn't like anything. There, were, there was at least one month with zero dollars coming into my house. Every bill was paid. My children did not go hungry. I even managed to support that little girl in Mexico I had supported for years. God is my shepherd. God takes care of us. In my weakness, he's Jehovah Nisi, my banner. Holding my arms he makes me strong when I wait on him. When I feel inadequate and insufficient, he's Jehovah Jireh, God my provision. When I feel like I'm all alone, he's Jehovah Shema, God with me. Uh, I, when, when I'm in distress and when I'm in chaos, he's Jehovah Shalom. He's God my peace. I've had a little bit of a rela- relationship with him so I can have a little revelation of him. I have to cultivate it with him. I do it in my prayer closet. I do it when it's a good day and everything's going my way. And when I'm disappointed, I, I still cultivate the relationship with him. I do it with this. I do it with this. I can't know God outside of this word. Uh, anything, anytime I think I've got a revelation of God and I can't base it in the word, well, I've probably just made myself a golden calf. I've got to be careful of that stuff. We've got to know the word. We've got to go to church. You know, I, I, I was posted, I believe, on your account this week that said uh, uh, the problem with missing church is it won't be long until you don't. You don't miss it. You know what? I have to be intentional cultivating my relationship with him. Church, we're in a, a strange place right now. The world's been shaken, and it's shaking still. People are afraid or they're mad, and sometimes both. 
and, and churches have had to shut their doors. There are governors in the, in the United States of America that said, shut your door and don't sing, church. Can I tell you, <laughs> they don't understand. We're not in here doing an emotional uh, moment. We're not in here playing around. We're in here fighting battles on our knees. We're in here with our worship fighting our battles. God is challenging what the church in America thinks. Do not fail to follow me. Though the way gets slippery, do not fall behind. Stay close to me and see what I will do in your midst. The enemy has roared and he has overplayed his hand. He thinks he has won a war against my body. Has he not heard? Has he not heard that the gates of hell cannot prevail? I have called my bride to be a shining beacon. I have called my people to stand on their feet and roar with my voice. Now watch what happens in the days of head. Though the enemy thinks he has done a great thing, watch what I will do in your land. Only praise me, only seek me, only pray and see what I will do. You know, we're coming up on this, and I'm going to call it our event with Kendon Alexander. 
And I believe that this man is coming, and Stephanie, they're coming with a word. They're coming with a word. Let's not let this be an event. Let this take hold of whatever they are bringing us from God and let us cultivate that. Let us see what God wants to say. You know what? God wants to give a revelation in the body of Christ. And you know, you know what I think the revelation is? What I think the revelation is, is it's not the buildings and it's not the programs and it's not the titles. It's not the, the, the marketing. It's just Jesus. And you know what? Can I go ahead and be bold enough to say it? It's just King Jesus. <laughs> it's just King Jesus. Because he is higher than whoever sits in the White House. And he's a better judge. He's a greater judge than whoever sits on the Supreme Court. He's King Jesus and he's glorious. He's glorious. It's the revelation for the church. Just Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all of God. Pastor, that's all of God. I don't know what to do with that. As Cindy didn't know during lunch with Pastor today, I shared and talked about to simply Jesus. And so it just, it's powerful. It made me, I tell you what, the Holy Ghost move. Listen, church, let's glorify God and praise him. A manifestation, a gift of God, the gifts of the spirit, message in tongues, interpretation, and prophetic word. God is speaking to us. Can I tell you there are people who long to be in a church service in a gathering where they can sense and know the presence of God. Hallelujah. This is not an emotional high. This is a Holy Spirit touch. There's a lot more to that when God touches us than when we get excited emotionally. And the Holy Spirit moving in the house. Moving in the house. Now, I don't want you to play this. I want you to play it, so I'm just going to sing it, and then you all can go with the song that you're going to go with. It's great. But it just made me think about the simply Jesus, the simple chorus of, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace oh turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Aren't you glad you can turn your eyes on Jesus? To turn your eyes upon him and just worship him and glorify him. Hallelujah. 
Maybe some of you have been through a lot of headache and a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of stress, a lot of strife. And I want you to know you just get your eyes on Jesus. You know why you can turn your eyes on him is because his eyes is upon you. And he watches you and cares for you. Let me tell you, there's not a moment in the day that God is not aware of what's going on with you and how precious and great. God's people need to realize the magnitude of God's love toward us. That God loves us. God loves you. We don't deserve it, but God loves us. It's only by his great grace that we're saved, but God loves us. Hallelujah. We don't have to measure up to it. He just loves us. What a great power and source that is. Hallelujah. Why don't we just worship him for a moment? Just We got about five minutes or so before we start closing up, closing down for our kids for our teens and and everything but right now won't we just take five minutes go ahead and sing the song you all had planned that song was just going in my head i just thought say that we turn our eyes on jesus that we concentrate and look upon him and what is the song you're going to sing just lead us in the song right now will you just stand with this me let's just I worship the Lord. this is how i fight my battles this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. May look like I'm surrounded, but I'm this is surrounded how I, by you. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. You may. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. you to raise your hand like this and they may have their calls and their their ideas but I'm so glad that when we lift our hands our hands are open you know why it's open we're saying God I'm ready to receive 
God just hand it over to me what you want me to receive Lord my hands open to you so that you might grasp my hand you can't grasp the hand of God with your hand is made like a fist but you can grasp the hand of God when your hand is open and ready to praise him and I don't know about you but there are many times in my life I need God to grab my hand and take me by the hand and to lead me amen amen this is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Oh Lord, we lift our hands to you. We glorify and magnify your holy name. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you, believe in you, Lord, that you are you are more than enough of whatever's needed in our life, oh God, and that you are still leading, you are still conquering, you are still reigning, and we thank you, Lord, and we glorify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Our hands are lifted to you, Lord. Our hands are lifted to you, God, to glorify you and to praise you, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Will somebody give applause to the word Hallelujah. of God tonight? Hallelujah. We celebrate the word of God. God's word is so anointed and glorious. And appreciate his messenger tonight. And looking, we just... Thank God for how God is using Cindy and anointing her in the ministry. We're a blessed church with very capable preachers and anointed preachers of the gospel. I appreciate you being here tonight. I look forward to seeing you Sunday morning. Be ready to glorify God. I don't know about you, but I'm sensing some anticipation Hallelujah. in the people of God to glorify him and to praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You're dismissed. We love you. Thank you for being here tonight. That's where I belong. It's to the sun. Maybe I can find a harmony. Remember that one? I think I've got the right song. Well, my phone would cooperate. In your presence, that's where I am strong. In your presence, Lord my God, in your presence. That's where I belong, seeking your face, touching your grace, in the cleft of the rock, in your presence.
to do it in D. Let's just fill it. See if we can find it. Let me see here. <laughs> In your prayer, in your prayer, in your prayer, I guess not, I haven't. In your presence, in your presence, that's where I am strong, that's where, that's where I, what's fine, what's for, that's where I am strong In your presence Roger, have fun. May the Lord bless you Saturday, too. Try to put something out. Honestly, I was thinking about going because Charity and Brad said something about trying to go, too. But I said, I promised a birthday party. Now really play it. Hey. Give them something, Micah, so they can play. That's not a seat. Sit right there. Good. Ready? Give him something to a beat, Micah. Well, God, can't you just bless that wonderful name of Jesus? Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Good, good. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Ready? Tap it. No other name I know. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. 
Lift my 
in the spirit of the Lord. Here, you sing it too. I've been working. I've been working on it. You need to sing it. I've been working on it. Let me find a.
may be very helpful times for an altar or whatever or sing it in worship. I think people really like it. It's a great song. I love the words of it.
Words in your presence. That's where I am strong. In your in your presence, Lord. I'm laying my burdens down. Down by. Mm-hmm. <laughs>